Will 2024 Florida Gators commit DJ Lagway reclassify to 2023? The answer is no, but I'm going to tell you why here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday. It's finally here. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And before we get into it, I'd like to just thank you all for tuning in. Uh, that is incredibly appreciated. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, review, join the Lockdown Gators Discord. The link's in the description below. Whatever it is, do it. And I will greatly appreciate it. But there's been rumors swirling around a little bit in uh, in, in recent days that DJ Lagway could be reclassifying to the 2023 class. Of course, that is coming off of losing Jaden Rashada. That's, that's what it stems from. This wasn't a conversation when Jaden Rashada was still expected to be a Florida Gator. But he has since requested his release from his NLI. Uh, he's been given his release from his NLI, and, and that's that with Jaden Rashada. So now the Florida Gators, who revoked the scholarship from Marcus Stokes and have lost Jaden Rashada, don't have a quarterback committed for the 2023 class. Um, and yeah, the, since then, which I believe is Tuesday night, since then, Florida Gators fans have been like, oh, well, maybe DJ Lagway is reclassifying. You know, maybe, maybe it's a conversation to be had. They're, they're thinking about it. They're doing this. They're doing that. I'll get this out of the way. DJ Lagway at this point in time is not reclassifying. Uh, I know this because, well, I asked him and he said, no, like he said, he's not reclassifying. Uh, and I know that, you know, things could change and people could lie, but at this point in time, I'm, I'm going to take his word for it that he's not going to be reclassifying to 2023. Here's the thing. Also, you don't reclassify a kid just because you screwed up. I get it. It wasn't Billy that screwed up. It wasn't necessarily even the coaching staff that screwed up. I don't care. You lost your quarterback. You don't reclassify a kid with the main reason being, but we can get you on campus now. No, you don't reclassify a kid and go, but now we have a quarterback for the 2023 class because you had two quarterbacks for the 2023 class. You kicked when I realized I just completely mumbled through that you had two quarterbacks for the 2023 class you revoked the scholarship from one of them and we'll, we'll just say fumbled the bag on the other one so you don't have a quarterback there it's also irritating to me at least that Gators fans keep going but reclassify him like like you were reclassifying and then you have him now no um he has said he being DJ Lagway has said multiple times that he wants to work on building his recruiting class. That's that's what he said. You know how we know he said that? Because he said it. 
that's when he also said, or that's why he said he was committing when he committed in early December, because when he was committing, he said, I am ready to commit and get started on building my 2024 class, which by the way, the initiative is awesome, but also just the leadership immediately of going, I'm going to build my 2024 class is awesome to see out of DJ Lagway. Young kid is already just like, it's mine. I'm doing it. So that's great to see. But here's another reason why that isn't happening. Um, guess what? Graham Mertz was just brought in less than a month ago at this point to be the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators. Will there be a battle? Yes, we'll say. We'll, we'll say, yeah, for, for argument's sake, we'll say there's a battle. If there's a battle, Graham Mertz should win that battle. So you brought in Graham Mertz a month ago. DJ Lagway, let's say he reclassifies. Let's say DJ Lagway reclassifies. Guess what? It's too late for him to join the team for spring practice. So he's going to have to wait until the summer, which means that you're going to ask a kid to reclassify to get him here in the summer to then what? Learn the full playbook. In a month or two, we'll say three. We'll say three because you'd have June and then July and then all of August. So we'll say three months. So you have three months to learn the playbook, get up to speed with all of your teammates, build a chemistry and a rapport with all of your teammates, and win the quarterback battle. No. I, I don't believe that this was a thing really where the coaching staff was like, we really need a win. Let, let's do this. Uh, I, I don't believe so because I think they thought of this logistically. Where that's also the thing. Because again, you don't take a kid and you don't ask a kid to reclassify because you go, we need a win. That's stupid. That's a stupid reason. Win before then, if that's your issue. Which is why I think the coaching staff wasn't really pushing for this. Maybe they asked, but I doubt the coaching staff was like, hey, DJ, come on, come on, come on. I doubt that was happening at all. So there's that. Also, another reason I think it would be just a generally bad idea to ask DJ Lagway to reclassify because then you have him 2023 as a backup. You have him 2024 as your starter and 2025 as your starter. That means you get two years of starting out of him. And this is assuming he wins any quarterback battle he's put into. So you guarantee his presence for 2024 and 2025 as a starter if you want him to be before he is draft eligible. Again, this is assuming he works out. I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, the kid's going to fail. No, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to work out. So you have in 2024, 2025. But if you let him come in with his class in 2024, then guess what? You have him 2024, 2025, and 2026. So there's all that where, you, where you're bringing in this kid and you're forcing him forward and, and you're potentially losing him early because of it because you wanted him as a backup for one year. Come on. Come on, you can't convince me that that's a legitimate strategy from this coaching staff. No. So so no, it's a bad reason to bring someone in because you go, well, we need a QB here. No, you have someone where you can go, you're going to be our guy. Because the only benefit of bringing him in is get here for 2023 to get up to college speed and learn the playbook. Then in 2024 and 2025, you command the offense. You could still use 2024 as your recruiting class because – that's going to be your first year starting. So that's another selling point for you to go, yeah, guys, come be my receiver. I'm QB1. 
that's the only good argument or the only benefit. I don't even want to say good. That's the only benefit, and that's still a bad reason. So on top of DJ just saying, no, I'm not reclassifying, it would be a bad idea, in my opinion, for DJ Lagway to reclassify. It'd be one of the worst ideas for DJ Lagway to reclassify, not because he's not ready, not because of anything involving him. It's that you're most likely going to start Graham Mertz at QB1 this year, no matter what. So you're most likely starting him. You're going to, what, burn a year? Even if you redshirt DJ Lagway, even if he never touches the field, then you're wasting a year before his draft eligibility because if he's as good as you think he's going to be, he's going to be a draft prospect as soon as he's eligible. So if he's as good as you think he's going to be, don't fumble that by burning a year as a backup. That, that's that's my point. But talking about actual people who are going to be in Gainesville this year, we're about to talk about the end of the first transfer window and kind of ranking the biggest impact transfers that Billy Napier and staff brought in. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. The Florida Gators were four-point underdogs on Wednesday against Texas A&M. And I told you, I told you, I said, I'm going to take them to cover the spread because if they lose, it's going to be a close one. Look what happened. They lost, yeah, by two. They covered the spread. If you tailed it, if you did whatever it was, congratulations. Uh, I made you some money. I'll take my standard agent 3%. That's fine. Um, that's that's what I'll do. But head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. For the rest of the show, we're going to be talking about the first window transfers because the first window for Transfer Portal opened, uh, I think it was December 5th or 6th, and ended yesterday. So, Transfer Portal window, the first one at least, is closed at this time. John Garcia who will be here tomorrow, by the way, for a bonus episode. John Garcia made a great point last week. Florida lost a bunch of veterans, and immediately, and by veterans, I mean guys who started for a year, and immediately replaced them in the portal. So as I'm going through these rankings, I'll talk about how they're replacing these guys. But first up is obviously the most important one, Graham Mertz. Whether or not you think he's the best player, he's a quarterback. He's your starting quarterback. He's the most important individual. Simple as that. The only time that that's an argument where your starting quarterback isn't your most important player is if you're in a triple option offense. That's it. Or or we'll, we'll just say option offense. If you're in an option offense, that's not what this is. So your starting quarterback is your most important individual player. Okay. He touches the ball every single play. So he's the most important player. Uh, he is obviously going to be replacing Anthony Richardson. Vastly different styles. But here's the thing. I don't care that Graham Mertz isn't as mobile as Anthony Richardson. Few people are. I don't care that Graham Mertz isn't necessarily even mobile. I don't. Because if you can operate this passing attack at a more consistent level than Anthony Richardson did, that will replace what Anthony Richardson did with his legs. If you can make the throw... When Florida when Florida goes Mills, Mills concept is an under it's it's an in route and then a post over the top of the in route. So they're on the same side and they go up 
and they go like that and, and they kind of separate there. So if you could run Mills and you could hit that in route, congratulations. You just made the offense considerably better. So he's your starting quarterback. He's got years of starting experience at Wisconsin. And again, I think Graham Mertz is better than he's being given credit for. I don't think he's amazing by any stretch of the words. I think he's average talent-wise. I think he's an average quarterback. However, he was playing in a, a 1907 offense that was, if you don't know, that before the the uh, implementation of the forward pass. So that, that's what Graham Mertz was operating in offensively at Wisconsin. It was, hey, dude, like, like not only are we going to go 12 personnel, we're going to go 22 personnel. We're going to put a fullback on that field, and we're going to, guess what, turn around and hand it off. And they should. They always have amazing running backs. Uh, Braylon Allen is also incredible. He was the just finished his sophomore year at Wisconsin. Uh, but since he was a freshman, he was incredible, which is always weird. They always have very good freshman running backs. That's why they always have records being broken with like Monty Ball. Um, so there's that. That That's totally relevant to Florida. Um, but also with Graham Mertz, given everything that's happened in the quarterback room really over the past two to three months, this is a wonderful stabilizing presence for the Florida Gators for Graham Mertz. And it's great. And, and he is, I think clearly, I just bit my tongue. I think he's clearly <laughs> your starting quarterback for this year. And clearly your biggest portal ad for this window, at least. Next up is guard Micah Mascua, who of course came from Baylor. He is going to be replacing either Ethan White or Osiris Torrance. And I especially say either for him because... It, he's played left guard most of his time at uh, Baylor. So if he plays left guard, he's replacing Ethan White. If he plays right guard, he's replacing Osiris Torrance. And I say either because he's either replacing our left guard or he's replacing your right guard as the best player on the offensive line instantly. So Micah Mescua, who, by the way, was the second best pass blocking guard in college football in 2022, according to Pro Football Focus, do you know who was the best pass blocking guard in college football, according to Pro Football Focus? Hmm? I feel like I'm like Dora the Explorer, like I'm waiting for you to respond, even though I know that I can't hear you and you know I can't hear you. It's Osiris Torrance. It was Osiris Torrance. You know, the All-American transfer that Florida brought in last year? Doing it again. So, so there's that. But it's also just much-needed offensive line help to try and replace Osiris Torrance. And the last player in this segment, defensive tackle, Cameron Jackson. You can call him defensive line and interior defensive lineman, whatever you want to call him. Cameron Jackson is going to be playing the three-tech. You can call him a D-end if you want. He's going to be playing the D-tech. He's going to be replacing the three-tech. He's going to be replacing Javon Dexter. So there's that, where you're adding an all-conference D-tackle. I, I genuinely don't care that it was the American Conference. I realize so... Many Gators fans are like, oh, yeah, we got the best defensive lineman from the American Conference, the AAC. Ooh, so big, so cool. Y'all said the same thing about Osiris Torrance coming from the Sun Belt. And guess what? He was the best damn football player on this team last year, and he was one of the best guards that we've ever seen at the University of Florida. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll come out and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm happy that we're getting this all-conference player from a smaller conference. Is Cameron Jackson as dominant a defensive tackle as Osiris Torrance was a guard? No. Nobody is. But guess what? You're adding a good player. I don't care if he's from a smaller conference. 
Because guess what? He's about to come to the SEC. And we're about to find out what he's really about. And I think he's about it. Like, I'll say, I, I think he's about it, about it, if we're being honest. But Cam Jackson obviously prides himself as a run defender. That's something that he discussed while he was here a couple weeks ago, that he prides himself as being a run stuffer on the interior, and he wants to improve his pass rushing, which, by the way, as a pass rusher in 2022, he had 20 pressures on route to being an all-conference player. So, yeah, I'm excited for Cameron Jackson. I think he's the third biggest transfer portal ad for the Florida Gators this season or this window but we're about to talk about the rest of the window but first today's episode of lockdown gators is brought to you by built bar and it is a new year if your new year's resolution which many people have new year's resolutions i don't by the way i I like to say that because i i fail mine or i just like i feel like i shouldn't need the new year to motivate me um personally i don't care what anybody else does but if yours is about getting fit like most are eating healthier whatever it might be losing weight whatever it is Make sure to include Built Bar in your plan and in your diet. I have a hardcore sweet tooth, which is why I eat Built Bar. Because again, I, I try to remain not disgusting to myself year-round. And with a sweet tooth, that's hard to do. But Built Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just 4 net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. And they're finally in stores. So go to Built or BuiltBar.com or go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get built bar and enjoy that mother trucker. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the remaining four commits from the transfer portal that Florida brought in. The fourth most important one, the first most important one from this segment, offensive tackle, Damian George from Alabama. He's going to be replacing either Michael Tarquin or Richard Garage with Austin Barber replacing the other one. Damian George is a right tackle barely played at Florida, uh, Alabama this year. He's played, uh, I think the numbers were like uh, 524 snaps in his career, and he's allowed three pressures, which like I'll take that any day of the week. Um, so Damian George, I think he'll be the right tackle because we know that Florida has invested NIL-wise in Austin Barber. We know that Austin Barber has experience playing left tackle that Damian George doesn't. We know that Austin Barber is good playing left tackle that Damian George hasn't even tried. So Austin Barber should be your left tackle. I I understand people going, it's the most important position. It's kind of interchangeable now. There's great pass rushers everywhere. They don't just line up on the side of your left tackle. So yeah, great pass rushers everywhere. You got to have good offensive linemen everywhere. Damian George will at the very least compete for a starting tackle spot, but it's likely, I, I think that he'll probably beat out Cameron Waits. Maybe we'll see. Cause again, Cameron Waits is a high ceiling player that you brought in. And if he gets significantly closer to that ceiling, he's going to be a pretty damn good offensive lineman. So maybe Cameron Waits, maybe Damian George, whoever it is, I don't care. Like I will very rarely say no to adding a player from Alabama. It's a simple, like Alabama is that good. I would honestly, I'd very rarely say no to a player from Alabama. I'd very rarely say no to a player from, I'll say Georgia. I'd very rarely say no to a player from Ohio State. I'd very rarely say no to a player from Michigan. It's just those blue blood programs that are consistently churning out, first off, high recruiting classes and producing. Yes, I want to add you to my team. Um, And you're in a big boy conference, Clemson. Um, So there's that. So I will very rarely, if ever, say no to 
a Alabama offensive, I mean, Alabama player, really, but offensive lineman as well. They churn NFL dudes out. Next is linebacker Taraja Mitchell from Ohio State, who I just mentioned. He'll be replacing Ventrell Miller, replacing Ventrell Miller. Ventrell Miller had the intangibles that I don't, like, you can't replace. I don't think you could. I think that you have to hope that eventually at some point you do, but I feel like we will always be, man, remember Ventrell Miller? Like, stuff like that. The, the same way that Florida Gators fans are like, man, remember Brandon Spikes? Man, remember Jonathan Bostic? Like, remember those those hard-hitting physical linebackers that are just instinct and adrenaline and intensity? Man, that's what we're going to do with Ventrell Miller. Same thing with Taraji Mitchell in, in terms of play style. I don't know his intangibles. I don't know his intensity. I don't know his love for the Florida Gators program. We're going to find out, though. But he is going to be that run-stopping linebacker that I, I genuinely don't know if he's going to be starting or backing up Derek Wingo. I have no clue. Either way, he's going to be playing. He's going to be rotating. Florida wants to rotate their players a ton. So there's going to be that. There's going to be that. I think Derek Wingo should start. I think he will start because I think it's Roger Mitchell. Not great in coverage. Um, but also Taraj Mitchell has experience in a somewhat similar defense before Jim Knowles went there from Oklahoma State. So this past year when Taraj didn't play, before that, it was somewhat similar in terms of what they'd ask their linebackers to do. So there's that. Next is Deuce Spurlock, the linebacker that I know a lot of Florida Gators fans weren't weren't super stoked for. I guess it's because, you know, he didn't really play this past year. But um, here, here's a few things. Uh, he is a freak athlete. Like, the dude is insanely fast, quick, agile. He's a freak athlete. And I will take that on my football team 10 times out of 10. Okay? So there's that. He's got a ton of eligibility remaining. He was a true freshman in 2022. So there's that. He's going to be replacing Amari Bernie's role. But, of course, he will be backing up Shamar James. Unless Shamar James moves over to the mic and then maybe Deuce Spurlock, but Deuce Spurlock seems like a long-term ad more than anything else. Could immediately rotate in, though. I, I think that's true. Um, and I think that with his athletic ability, if you can just refine him a little bit, like it, like if you could just make him passable in coverage, and if you can improve his instincts a little bit to the point where it's like kind of what Amari Bernie would do, why Amari Bernie had such a good year was because of his instincts, where he would notice like, I have to shoot this gap right now. I know I'm supposed to be a spy. I have to close the gap right now and get its quarterback. And that's how Amari Bernie would get sacks sometimes. So there's that. I think Deuce Spurlock could eventually replace that. And the seventh and final transfer so far for the Florida Gators is Caleb Banks. Um, this isn't a knock on him. I am still very excited to add Caleb Banks here. I think he's probably a better football player right now than Deuce Spurlock is. And I think that Caleb Banks is probably a better football player or maybe a better football player than Taraj Mitchell is right now. But with Cam Jackson playing that three tech role already on top of having Chris McClellan as well, I don't think Caleb Banks will contribute much in 2023, 2024. Sure. Go for it. But I don't think that unless Caleb Banks adds weight and wants to play the nose, I don't see him getting a ton of playing time. He'll play at certain points, but I don't see him rotating a ton. I think this is more of a 2024, 2025 ad than anything else. Um, 
and, and so he's, he's also not really replacing anyone. He's like the one D tackle where he's replacing like the depth guys that you lost. But I mean, D tackle remained relatively unscathed. So you're not losing a ton there. It, it's just how it could get crumbles. But again, I think Caleb Banks is probably the fifth best player in this class, if not sixth best player in this class. It, it's just that he's probably not going to play much because there's already people there. So that is what it is. But thank you so much for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We will be back tomorrow to talk Florida Gators recruiting with John Garcia. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.